Hey everybody, welcome back to the bonus episodes we're doing. This is episode two. Um, this Three? Is, no, this is episode two. Oh. Because this is going to be a redo of the episode that me and the guys did. Uh. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, uh, the book we are doing today, I actually tried to do with Michael and Tyler uh, as the second bonus episode, but just just that day, like during the recording session, Michael was checked out, he was tired, he had got no sleep the night before and it led to there being a lot of gaps and like not like not a lot of talking in between and that that makes for a lot that makes for very very boring a very boring show uh but yeah Michael was quiet in between and plus I found out afterwards he already knew what store like the story we were doing so he influenced it on the way so we're actually going to be redoing the story today here with my lovely fiance Rebecca Rebecca. Rebecca is what I wanted to say, <laughs> but I thought that would sound weird. Uh, yeah, a yeah, little bit. A little bit. Okay, uh, we are doing the story. This is a story that I really loved as a kid. I read this numerous times, and I have a lot of nostalgia over this book. It is number three in the Give Yourself Goosebump series. It is Trapped in Batwing Hall. Sounds like a Batman knockoff. I don't. I don't see where you're coming from but I will give you the benefit of a doubt. <laughs> it, it feels like a weird, like... Because it has bat in the name? Is that... Are, it, are you are you coming after me? Is that what it is? You need to call me out like that. Is it because is it, it has bat in the name? Well, like, if it sounds like a Batman episode from, like, the original Batman series. Why is it, why does it sound like that? Is it because it has bat in the name? You want to fucking go, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Not fucking tussle. All right. Um, the release date for this book was December of 1995. So he was writing these books while writing the actual Goosebumps series because, well, no. Well, yes, because math. Uh, as we learned in our our, uh, our recent recording sessions, we were watching the episode for Attack of the Jack-O-Lantern and found out that... Uh, the episode came out the same month and year as the book. So he was still writing the books as the show was coming out, which means like he had long started the Give Yourself Goosebump series as he was writing the Goosebump series. So, or else Stein got that bread. The thing is, yes, because uh, also the Fear Street series came out the exact same time as the Goosebump series came out. What is Arl Stein's net worth? Uh, I'm I'm unaware. Like I don't know well, his net worth. We're gonna. But um. But yeah, he was he was popping them out. He was getting them. I think I think at one point he was quoted saying that he's able to write <laughs> what two hundred million is Arl Stein's net worth is Arl Stein's net worth. Well, it's more than I could ever hope to be. And he's up there in like I think the richest. There's no way it's one of the richest. Like you would well, think the fir- the highest one appears to be J.K. Rowling. Oh, um, authors, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Uh, trans women are women. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think he's he's up there, like Stephen King, James Patterson. Okay. Um, I yeah, know, I this think this list is boring. I think, huh? It's like I don't know. This list is boring, and I feel like looking through all the ads to try to find which one Laurel Stein was. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I think he qu- he was quoted at one point saying he could have a Goosebump book finished in a week, uh, Fear Street book in like two weeks. And some of them show that. <laughs> well, yeah, there are a reason that some of the, some of the children's books are kind of stinkers. 
And, like, because he only had so much time to knock this out, and he comes up with the title first, and then he, like, I think he might, it would be logical if he came up with an ending, and then, and then came up with, um, like, the rest of it. And doing that in the week, like, that's, whew, I couldn't imagine. Like, I legitimately couldn't imagine. Uh, but But that means a lot of people are doing things roughly in a week. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, then, isn't it, like, one artist that does all of his covers like well uh there would be when goosebumps was coming out and it's still coming out it would be coming out like once a month i believe that may still be the schedule like there's they're still coming out with a bunch of books oh yeah the goosebumps series is still going strong it's going it's on goosebumps slappy world currently and uh he just released a book i think it was called some kind of night howler um and i remember last month i believe it was last (laughs) month yeah, uh, they call me the Night Howler is the newest Slappy World uh, book, and he he was advertising that like two days ago, like within this past week, and he was advertising the latest one uh, in June. Yeah, so the last one, my friend Slappy was doing it in June, like coming out in June. Uh, that was when the cover was revealed. So he's still pumping these Goosebump books out once a month. Get that bread, sir. Yes. Uh, he is, he's still going strong. You know what the next book in the series is? Is it The Dreadful Experiments of Dr. Eek? Deadly, but yeah. Deadly, yeah. I think we have that one. Well, I don't want to read that one because let me tell you, I've already heard it and it's a stinker. Yeah. <laughs> that one. Are, so are all the, um, are all the books holographic like that? I believe so. It, uh, unless you get to the reprints, I believe. Either reprints or somewhere during the series they started getting different covers. But I believe a good majority of them do have this holographic. Uh, but yeah, so this, this book will have 28 endings. Oh, good lord, not get all three bad ones again. Of course. Um, actually, there are, okay, so there are 22 bad endings and seven good endings. So, (laughs) so you have, you have a chance, you have a little bit of a chance. Um, I know that. How many of those endings are him calling me a pussy? (laughs) uh we don't know and wow you fucking little bitch huh (laughs) like like four like four of those endings roughly are you are them calling you a huge fucking tool (laughs) like go back and do it again god damn it i'm sorry i didn't didn't realize mama raised a bitch these dumbass kids (laughs) not picking the good options i'm tired of writing endings (laughs) here's an ending go pick the other one yeah really um uh, one thing I do want to mention is when me and the guys read this, we came up with a new option. You know how, like, in our first episode, I was having a tough... Well, you probably know this. I don't know if they do. But I was having a tough time uh, keeping my fingers where all the choices were so we can go back if need be. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I have roughly... I have... Not roughly. I have six bookmarks. And now every time we get to a fork in the road, a bookmark will be placed. If we use up all six bookmarks, you, I will give you the option to look back through all the choices... And basically delete a safe spot. That is a good analogy. I like that. Let's do this. Like deleting a safe spot. That's the best I could come up with. So we are doing Trapped in Batwing Hall. I'm going to read the, the blurb on the back. Join the horror club. Being the new kid in school is no picnic. At your old school, you had tons of friends, and now you don't even have one. Then you meet Nick. He asked you to join the horror club. The horror club meets in an old mansion known as Batwing Hall. It's dark, it's spooky, 
and it's where your adventure begins. Sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a Disneyland commercial. Uh, the members of the horror club are going on a scavenger hunt. If you join the red team, you find out the truth about your new friends. They're actually monsters. One is a green-skinned reptile. Another is a hulking giant. If you join the blue team, you get turned into a furry-faced vampire bat. Well, that's a mood. The the choice is yours in the scary goosebumps in the scary goosebumps adventure. Goosebumps, uh, that that's packed with over twenty super spooky endings. Goosebumps, I would like to point out, is now trademarked. Goosebumps. If you want to use that R.L. Stein, you got to go through us. Flusgumps. Flusgumps. Okay, are you Goose ready? Flaba. to Are we ready to start the story? Sure. All right, page one. Are you gonna do that for every page? Do you want me to do that for every page? No. I'll do that for every page. <laughs> this town stinks. It's Friday afternoon and the end of your first week at your new school. Your family just moved to this town last month, and so far, no one at school has even tried to be your friend. I mean, put in some effort, first off. But da- honestly, mood, that's just kind of school. Day after day, you sit in class waiting for someone to talk to you, waiting and staring at all the strange faces around you. How can you possibly go through the year without any friends? <laughs> Watch it's because, me. <laughs> it's because you're calling everyone strange. God, this one looks like a gorilla. This one looks like a cockatoo. It's just, am I at a barn? This is not... <laughs> wow, look at all these strange people. Why don't I have any friends? Um, okay. <laughs> How can you possibly go through the year without any friends, you wonder? You're cool. You know you are. That's a lot of confidence. You had tons of friends at your old school. You trudge home slowly. All you have to look forward to is a boring weekend of watching TV with your parents and your bratty little brother. Then, something hits the back of your jacket. You whirl around. A pebble drops onto the ground. You glance up and notice a brown-haired boy about your own age. Hi, he calls out. I'm Nick. Hi, you reply and introduce yourself. We're in the same class at school, Nick says. That's funny, you think. You don't remember seeing him there. But you smile anyway. You're so happy someone is finally talking to you. I live there, Nick tells you. He points to a two-story greenhouse on the next block. You gaze back at him, shocked. But you can't live there, you exclaim. There's no way! Page two. What? What's so shocking? Is it because the house is green? You're about to find out. What do you mean I can't live there, Nick asks, laughing. I know my own house. I live next door, you tell him. You point to the red brick one next to the green one. Uh, the greenhouse has been empty all month. There haven't been any lights on. No cars in the driveway. That that was a weird inflection. No cars in the driveway. That was still weird, so I'm just going to keep going. I was on vacation with my family. We got back last night, Nick says. What do you think of school? Okay, I guess, you reply. You're afraid to say anything more. You never know. Maybe this kid Nick actually likes school. So you're lying to this guy who's a potential friend. You're already lying to him. You're starting off a horrible, horrible friendship already. Well, I don't know. He hasn't said he looks strange yet. Can you believe how much homework our teacher gave us this weekend? Nick complains. He kicks a stone down the street as you walk. All the kids who had Mr. McCormick last year says he's really tough. And mean. A total monster. There's that foreshadowing. You agree. The next thing you know, you and Nick are comparing favorite rock groups and comic books. Both of you collect Spider-Man comics. <laughs> so, so my brain went like, because he was kicking rocks and stuff. It's like, favorite rock groups? Like, yeah, I like sedimentary. <laughs> Obesidan, please. Obesidan? Obesidan. 
Obsidian. Oh. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> you, co- you both collect Spider-Man comics. Nick has all the first issues from the last five years, too. Comics are cool, Nick says. But do you know what's even cooler? What? Horror stories, Nick exclaims. I'm sorry. Horror stories, Nick exclaims. In fact, I... He stops talking and stares at you. Page three. (laughs) 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 What you asked? What about you ask? What about horror stories? It's pop. It's probably way too scary for you. Nick replies. All right, go fuck yourself, Nick. Nothing's too scary for me. You boast. (laughs) I cry when I see a cute puppy. (laughs) That's because you've never been to the horror club. Nick says. What's that? Oh, we just kind of sit around eating popcorn in a candlelit room in the middle of the night, and we kind of, like, listen to scary stories. Wanna join? (laughs) Like, no. Nick grins. It's a club I belong to. You've got to be really brave to be a member. When we meet, we tell spooky stories. Okay, I got that part right. Really scary. Cool, you reply. I can't, or, I love scary stories. Can I join? If you think you can handle it, Nick says. We meet every Friday night at Batwing Hall. That's the desert that's the deserted house at the end of our street. It was old Professor Krupnik's house. Krupnik's? Krupnik's house. I've seen the house. It looks haunted, you tell Nick with a laugh. Don't laugh, he warns you. It is haunted. Gonna take a drink. I have a random question while you take your drink. Okay. I have this weird memory, and I don't know if it was a Goosebumps, like, episode, or what it was. If it was that one show we were watching with that kid in the mask that just kind of hung out in the background. Mm-hmm. But there was, like, these people moved in, and the, spoiler the entire family was vampires, basically. That was a... I know what you're talking about. I can picture it in my head. I believe that was an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. Yes, that was an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. Which we will be covering in this show, so um, stick around. Because eventually Goosebumps is going to finish, and then we're going to start another one, and then we're going to start another one. You know what I mean. Eventually we are going to run out of Give Yourself Goosebumps books too, so we'll have to outsource ourselves to different Choose Your Own Adventure books. And by the way, I did want to reiterate this other rule that I just completely forgot about since we're coming up on our first choice soon. Um, really? After only page three? Page three. Uh, we're coming up on our first choice. Uh, my lovely fiance has three lives to get a good ending. Once we get a, what we consider a good ending, you can choose to stop prematurely or you can use the other lives. Um, but yeah, three lives. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. You're okay with that? But also last time I thought I had a good ending. It was considered a bad one, though. Yeah. Which was the good ending that you said? I thought it was the one where um, he was a giant, and then he shrank back down to normal size. And got his ass beaten? Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> but he, but he <laughs> was fixed. I thought you were about to say he was thick. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that, I, that is true. <laughs> but not I mean, exactly this, what we're this going This bitch for. ate an entire jar of peanut butter. Yeah, he is. He's thick. He thick. Um, okay, page 100. Haunted? For real, you ask? Wait, we made a choice? Or no. was it just one of those? It was. It went from page 3 to page 100. Why? No particular reason. Haunted? That. For real, you ask? For real, Nick replies seriously. That's why we picked it. 
Some of the scariest stories I've ever heard happened in Batwing Hall. Like what? Like the story of the kid who got his dick stuck in a doorknob. God, it was awful. <laughs> like the story of the kids on Halloween night, Nick says. They were all dressed up, trick-or-treating. They rang Krupnik's doorbell. A figure, dressed all in black, answered, and the kids were invited inside. Only, they never came out. What happened? You asked, breath you asked breathlessly. Nobody knows, Nick replies. But late at night, you can still hear the kids scream. Horrible screams. And when the moon is full, some people say they've seen little creatures in monster costumes roaming about inside the house, trapped forever. Wow, great story, you say. It's not a story, Nick tells you. Being a member of the horror club can be very dangerous. Very dangerous. He pauses, then adds, Today is Friday. We meet tonight. Do you want to come? What do you think? Do you want to risk it all and go to the horror club tonight? Or do you want to say thanks anyway? And uh, just go home and be a little stupid baby. <laughs> R.L.'s words, not mine. <laughs> um... I'm kind of curious just to go with, like, the... Nah, let's not. You just want to go with no? Yeah, let's just... You want to waste a life on a no. That's not wasting a life, especially because he's going to go, <laughs> what a little bitch, and okay. go back. Okay, page that 91. That does not count as a life. Page 91. Great choice. Now you're stuck at home with nothing to do. Sure, you can clean out your closet or play stupid board games with your little brother, but that doesn't change things. You still have no friends, you're still bored, lazy ass, limp dick. <laughs> but wait, you have one last chance. You hurry to the big yellow phone book. You look up Nick's phone number. You grab the phone and dial. It rings and rings. And then you hear Nick's voice. Hello? Finish your conversation on page 17. Which would have, it's the same page you would have picked if you would have just kind of. See? Yeah, so, he didn't, well, he didn't say you were stupid this time, he was just like, no, we're gonna do this anyway. No friends, limp-dicked motherfucker! <laughs> you yellow-bellied bullshit ass! The horror club sounds great, you tell Nick. Count me in. I'll meet you in front of your house at 9 o'clock tonight, Nick says. You agree and say goodbye. Then, you rush into your kitchen to find your parents. You tell them you've made a friend, and you've been invited to a club meeting. They're so happy for you. Of course, you don't tell them that the meeting is in a deserted, boarded-up old murder house. At 9 o'clock, you join Nick under the elm tree in your front yard. A skinny, fidgety girl with messy, long black hair waits with Nick. This chick. This chick right here is the one I was telling you about. How I was like, oh yeah, I had a crush on this girl in this book. This is the chick. Okay, we're about to So I have her. competition. Okay, no. So I'm going to try to kill her. She's She's not real. <laughs> She, she's not Neither real. is any of his friends, but he said he had so many of them. I mean, this is supposed to be you, remember? You're the you're the character. I have part. no friends! <laughs> you, you can make a friend. This is Debbie, he tells you. She's a member of the club, too. Hi, Debbie says. <laughs> you can barely see her face under her thick hair, and she always seems to be squirming about. You wonder what's with this strange girl. Anxiety. <laughs> just I'm just imagining little me in like elementary school, like, oh, she sounds hot. <laughs> like, oh, she sounds cute. Like, like I told you, I mentioned it the when we recorded this before, but there was this, I've told you this before, there was this girl I had a crush on, um, the goth chick on the cover of Ghouls Don't Make Ice Cream or whatever, that Bailey House School book 
school kids book thing. You know what I'm talking about. That I had a crush on that chick. So like for some reason elementary school when I had less cable when I had less uh, actual TV, I f- like I fell in love with uh, chicks and books. Okay. Uh da, 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 da. she's a member of the club too. Hi. Okay. You wonder what's wrong with this strange girl. Um, you follow your new friends up the hill to the end of the long, dark street. The farther you go, the fewer houses there are. At the end of the road, all the streetlights are out. The sky is pitch black. If it weren't for Nick's flashlight, you'd probably trip over your own feet. There it is, Nick says, pointing. Batwing Hall. Turn to page 96. A huge, dark shadow looms at the end of the street. It's the mansion. You stopped walk you stop walking and gaze up at it. Nick shines his flashlight at the old house on the hill. Batwing Hall is a two-story, old-fashioned house. All the windows that aren't boarded up are broken. Loose shingles flat from the roof. Paint peels from the withered sides of the house. It looks as if no one has lived here for hundreds of years. You climb up to the sagging porch with Nick and Nick and Debbie. Tall, overgrown trees and bushes cast eerie shadows along the deserted lawn. Isn't this place awesome? Wait, no. Isn't this place awesome? Debbie whispers to you. Really cool, you agree. This house has been empty for two years, (laughs) Nick tells you, ever since crazy old Professor Krupnik died, so in two years, it aged a hundred years. Apparently. No one will buy it because it's haunted, Debbie explains. You notice she's chewing nervously at the end of her long hair. Yuck! A little judgmental, but alright. The front door is boarded up until we figure out or the front door was boarded up until we figured out how to pry it open, Debbie says. Uh, she points to the long wooden door. Let's go. I know I keep going in and out of accents, but I start a sentence not knowing who it is and until the end of the sentence. So, just deal with it. She points up to the large wooden door. Let's go. Wind door? Wooden door. Did I say wind door? Wind door truffles. Stop, Nick shouts. Get down, now! If you do as Nick says, hurry to page 19. If you ignore him and head for the door, go to page 85. What are we doing? We're going to page 85. Are you serious? You want to go to page 85? I mean... Okay. YOLO. Okay. Nick's just trying to scare you, you think. He's testing you to see if you're brave enough for the horror club. You shrug and rush forward. You dash across the porch and squeeze through a narrow space in the boards covering the front door. You land on your knees with a thud. As soon as you hit the floor, a piercing alarm sounds through the house. What's going on, you wonder? You gaze around quickly. Nick and Debbie are nowhere to be found. The dark house seems empty. You hold your ears, trying to block out the horrible noise. And then, through a dusty window, you see lights. Red, whirling lights. The police! You have set off a burglar alarm. Now you're in big trouble. How will you ever explain this to the police? Or to your mom and dad? Too bad. It looks as if your adventure is over, even before it began. The end. Are you fucking serious? You lost a life. That's your first life. Ugh. Okay, so we only have one choice to go back to, and we are going to do as Nick says on page 19. I'm irritated. Well, I take a risk. <laughs> you take a risk and it kills you. Okay. What is it, you cry as your body hits the ground? Oof! We've, we've got to be careful, Nick whispers. If anyone catches, catches us going in the front door, we could be in big trouble. We're not really allowed in here. You nod, and watch Debbie as she squirms and glances around nervously. You wonder why your new friends are so jumpy. You can't imagine how anyone could possibly see you in the darkness. 
but you figure Nick and Debbie know what they're doing. You stand and follow Nick and Debbie across the porch, keeping as quiet as possible. You pull off the broken boards on the front door. You enter the dark house. The air in the entryway is stale and dusty. You hold back a sneeze. Nick motions for you to follow him. You creep after Nick and Debbie down a dark hallway. The floorboards creak loudly with each step. When you enter a big, uh, then you enter a big, dimly lit lemming, living room. Not living room, a lemon room. It's just filled with lemons. A broken chandelier sways from the ceiling. The faded wallpaper hangs in pieces from the walls. Dirty sheets cover what appeared to be an old sofa and chairs. And then you see them. Turn to page seventy-five. Okay, here we go. Four kids sit in a circle on the living room floor. A big yellow candle flickers in the center. Okay, so I got that one right, too. They all turn and stare at you. No one seems happy to see you. You stand awkwardly as Nick introduces you and says, This is our newest member. What are you talking about? cries a girl with short, curly red hair. She glares at you. I brought a new member to the horror club, Nick repeats. Not today, exclaims a large boy with bulging muscles. Why not? Debbie asks, squirming next to you. Didn't anyone tell you? asks another girl. Tonight's a special night. We've got to get the kid out of here. We're not telling stories tonight. The plan has changed. Discover what's happening tonight on page 128. This is all so linear that he literally could have just filled like 50 pages with the actual story and then gave you a choice. I guess, but then you, like, then it wouldn't, I don't know. I understand why he did it, because it would, like, people would bitch, like, oh, there's not a choice yet, but, like, I see what you're saying as well. Like, the first choice wasn't even a choice. I mean, a lot of people bitch because there's not enough choices. But if half his choices are, you do this, but then you change your mind and do the thing anyways, or, huh, here's your choice, but are you sure you want to do that? Because I think you're a little bitch. Okay, that's happened one time this entire book so far. We've made two choices. You died in one. That was on you. You disobeyed. Like, they were like, hey, get down. They obviously knew what they were doing. You're like, no, fuck you. We're going to go get up with the police. <laughs> fuck the police. <laughs> okay. Nick and Debbie quickly leave your side and huddle together with the other kids. You can hear them arguing, arguing about you. Then one voice rises above the others. But today is game day. You know what that means? Pin the tail on the fucking donkey! They can't be here for that! I, I don't, you suddenly call out. You're sick of standing there. You want to know what's going on. It works. All six kids stop arguing and try to beat the shit out of you. No, the girl with the red hair steps towards you. I'm Marcy, she's tell she tells you. There are no stories tonight. We're playing games instead. But new members can't play. It's the rule. Can't you break the rules just this one time? You ask? You're literally in an abandoned building that you're not supposed to be in. Yeah, like, you know, rules obviously don't matter to you that much. These aren't ordinary games, warns the boy with the large muscles. These games are scary. Real scary. It's Clue. <laughs> Fucking Clue. The Spongebob edition. <laughs> no, the Simpson Simpsons edition. I actually had that one. These are an or wait, no, real scary. The scarier the better, you announce bravely. This starts another argument. Some kids want you to stay and play. Others want you to leave. Debbie hurries to your over to your side. Through her mane of dark hair, she whispers, Go home! Go home now! But at that moment, Marcy announces, It's decided! You can stay and play games with us! Great, you say, ignoring Debbie. Fucking Debbie! What are we playing? Learn about the games on page 66.
and a sixth. Okay. The game is called The Hunt, Marcy tells you. I'm captain of the blue team. Nick is captain of the red team. You watch as Nick picks Debbie and a skinny boy named Connor to be on his team. Connor has short, bristly hair and a very strange smell. As Connor walks by, you decide he smells as if he's been lying in a dumpster. There you are. Now you're making fun of him. Uh, for the blue team, Mar Marcy chooses a beautiful girl with long blonde hair and green eyes. Her name is Laura. She smiles shyly at you. Marcy also picks the guy in the muscle shirt. Hi, I'm Martin, the kid says, pounding you on the back. Welcome to the horror club, he laughs, then flexes his muscles. His t-shirt, like, snaps in two, and he has to put on another one that he has stashed in his backpack. You step back. Martin's arm is bigger than your whole body. That's three, that's three on each team, Marcy announces. Our new member can join either one. She turns to you. It's up to you. Which team will you join? Here we go. Would you rather hang out with Nick, Debbie, and Connor on the red team, or get to know Laura, Marcy, and Martin on the blue team? I'm torn because they had, like... People you knew on the red team. Yeah, like people already trying to look out for me, sort of. The other people didn't even want you there. Yeah, but also the dude's ripped. I mean... So? <laughs> I mean, like... What does that mean? We don't know what the game is. What if it's dodgeball? It's called The Hunt. Like, they literally just told you. Do you want to be hunted by him? No, but, like, at the same time, what if they're picking you to be, like, they're not... I, I already know what goes on. You have to make this decision on your own. I don't know. I'm kind of torn. Between people we know or people I think would be good at sports. It's not... I don't think it's okay, going to be a sports thing. Okay, but The Hunt... So it's, I'm thinking... Could be a scavenger hunt. You don't know me. So <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> You're having a real mental battle with this one. I'm struggling. I don't want to be hunted by Martin. <laughs> You're not going to get hunted by Martin. You're going to pick a team... Fine, then red team, since you have such an issue. Okay, so you're going with the red team? Yeah. Is that your final answer? Sure. Do you not want the red team? Is the red team the one with my dudes? Yeah. Yeah. You want the red team? Yeah. All right, we're going to page 80 for the red team. I choose the red team, you announce. Fine, Marcy says. The red team will stay in the house for the games. The blue team will go, will go outside. See you later. Marcy, Laura, and Martin leave the house. You turn to your new teammates with a smile. You're looking forward to the games. I'm glad you're on our team, Nick says. We're having a scavenger hunt. Everything has been... Uh, That's why you said a scavenger hunt? It's called The Hunt. What did you expect? To be hunted. Why? Why would you expect that? Because it's a scary game. On the back it says the members of the horror club are going on a scavenger hunt. I didn't have to know the book previously to do that. Okay. Everything has to be found inside the house. Cool, he replied. I, you reply, I love scavenger hunts. I don't know why I'm going into, like, past, excuse me, past tense for everything. Like I'm saying asked and replied and... I love scavenger hunts. Where's the list? Here it is, Debbie says, handing you a piece of white paper. You read the list of items out loud. Horror club scavenger hunt. One human bone. Three hairs from a werewolf. A straw from a witch's broom. And a piece from a mummy's bandage. So, um... So a dog bone, three dog hairs, a, a straw from a broomstick, and, uh, and some toilet paper. But anyway, there's... Wait, uh, go to page 79. I almost just went to the next page, like, all right, next. <laughs> Been real confused if that had happened. 
One day, you should just read one of these books. Just front to back? Front to back. Oh my god. Can you imagine? Uh, you read the list again. You start, then you start... Then you start to laugh. These guys really take this horror club stuff seriously, you think. Still laughing, you point to the list and say, Great joke. Very funny. Why are you laughing? Connor demands. This list. It's a riot, you reply. You wonder why no one else has even cracked a smile. It's not a joke, Nick insists. That's the list of our scavenger hunt. Give me a break, you say. You expect me to believe that? Where would I find those things? In this house, Debbie replies matter-of-factly. Yeah, right, you scoff. Pfft. I'm supposed to believe that there really are werewolves and witches and mummies, oh my. <laughs> it's true, Connor says. Do you want me to prove it, Nick asks, with an evil grin. A very evil grin. What is Nick up to? Turn to page 47. Okay, you say. Go ahead. You asked for it, Nick said. He glances at Debbie and Connor. They nod with excitement. What's going on, you wonder? Slowly, Nick brings his hands up to his cheeks. He hooks his thumbs under his chin and rips his face right off. You gasp. The head of a green-skinned reptile monster stares out at you from the top of Nick's body. Slimy scales cover his face and begin to spread down his arms and hands. N -n Nick? You choke out. The monster grins at you with six-inch-long fangs. Its beady yellow eyes gaze at you hungrily. You turn to Debbie and Connor and scream! They are peeling off their faces, their kid faces, too. You, ga you gape in horror at Debbie. Her skin is now purple and covered with hideous, oozing warts. Her eyes are turned completely white and seem to bulge out of her head. And her hair, it's wriggling with enormous black tarantulas. Now you know the truth. These kids are monsters. What's next? Go to page one, 114. What could be next, kid? Reading I'm assuming a werewolf. You turn and sprint for the front door, but the entrance is blocked by Connor. He grabs your shoulder, and you nervously stare up at him. Way up. Connor is turned into a seven-foot-tall giant with one red eye in the middle of his forehead, and the stench coming off his body is unbearable. Where are you going? He growls. I, uh, I need to go home, you mumble. You duck under Connor's massive arm and lunge for the doorknob, and miss. You uncoordinated fuck. The monster that used to be Nick beat you to it. Nick locks the door and says, Not so fast, you know you could, I could just flip the lock back, right? <laughs> Not so fast, it's time for the scavenger hunt. Scavenger hunt? There's no way you're sticking around to play a game with monsters. Unless this is all a joke. Hey, that's it, you think. It's all a joke. They must be wearing monster costumes. Yeah, these kids are amazing at effects, makeup, and they, they took the time. They took the time to put, you know, real their real faces back over their monster faces, and somehow they literally grew like at least three feet. No, you think again. You can't be wearing. They can't be wearing costumes. They're way too real looking. Quick, you have to make up your mind. If you're sure it's all a joke, turn to page 13. If you believe the monsters are real, go to page 71. 71. 71? Yeah, because knowing our luck, you'd be like, no, they're not real, and then you get fucking eaten. Okay. You stare at Nick, Debbie, and Connor's gruesome faces. There's no question they're monsters. Real monsters. Wasn't that, wasn't that like a cartoon? Or no, uh, ah, real, ah, real ah, monsters. monsters, yeah. Let me out of here, you cry. Nick still blocks the door. You spot a window in the living room. You take a deep breath and race for it. You're fast. You always win the 50-yard dash at school. Uh, can't relate. But against, <laughs> but against these monsters, you're not fast enough. 
Debbie easily beat you to the window. The tarantulas scurry through her spiderweb hair as she cackles, There's no way out! Please let me go home, you plead. I won't tell anybody your secret. Just let me go. No way, Nick cries as he enters the living room with Connor. There's no escape from the horror club. Well, Debbie says, that's not exactly true. There is one way out. Debbie's a fucking babe. You guys, you gaze at the room, searching frantically for an exit. The three monsters monsters circle you. You don't see any way past them. Where is it, you ask? How do I get out? Yeah, because they'll just fucking tell you. Nick glares at Debbie. Your only hope, Debbie says, ignoring Nick, is to play the game. Page 48. What game, you ask Debbie, your voice trembling. The scavenger hunt, she declares. If you can find all four items on the list before midnight, Nick adds, then we'll let you go. If you fail, you'll be trapped here with us forever and turned into a monster. Not much of a choice, huh? Your knees shake as you reveal the scavenger hunt list in your mind. Where will you ever find werewolf hair and mummy bandages? Then again, you don't have many options. But maybe you think you can use the time to search for an open window and escape. You've only got two hours, Connor growls, looking at the tiny watch on his huge wrist. How does that even work? You'd better get started. You can begin here on the main floor or go upstairs, Nick tells you, his reptile tongue darting in and out of his mouth. It's your choice. Okay, another choice time. Do you stay on the main floor or do you try your luck upstairs? I'm gonna go upstairs. You're gonna go upstairs? Let's go to page 111 then. Upstairs, you tell the monsters. I'll search there first. Connor begins laughing, a low, deep laugh. Did you hear that? He tells the others. Upstairs. This should be good. Have you made the wrong choice, you wonder? It doesn't matter. You have to do something. You cross your fingers that there may be a way to escape upstairs. A way out of the house of horrors. You head towards the main staircase in the front hall. There's no electricity in the old mansion. Your shadow flickers in the spooky light of kerosene lanterns. Debbie follows close behind you. You pick up your pace just in case one of those huge tarantulas decides to jump from her from her hair to yours. The stairs are covered with a thick layer of dust. Slowly, you start to climb. One step, then another. The wooden boards creak and groan under your weight. The staircase stretches up t- upward into total darkness. Behind you, the three monsters noisily whisper to each other. You don't know what they're saying, and you don't care. You just want to get out of here, now. You take a deep breath. It's time. Time to escape. You sprint forward. Turn to page 28. Okay, before you go too far, you feel a strange tingling sensation all over your body, but you don't have time to worry about it. You must escape. The monsters are gaining on you. You fly up the stairs now, two steps at a time, and then you stop. The tingling is getting worse. Keep going, you say to yourself. You've got to keep going. The monsters are only a few steps behind. You try to run, but you can't. Something's wrong. You're stuck in the middle of the staircase. You can't move up. Your legs are paralyzed. Nick, Debbie, and Connor close in on you. Connor's odor makes you gag, but you're trapped, frozen in place. Need some help? Nick asks with an evil grin. If you accept the monster's help, uh, go to page 51. If you refuse, turn to page 61. I can see this going bad either way. That's my problem. Who the fuck escapes upstairs? What is this, a shitty horror movie? Oh my god, they're coming after me. I gotta go upstairs. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I totally see what you're saying. Like, just fucking play along for a minute. Yeah, like, what What could it hurt? What could it hurt to just be like, all right, let's just look around. Um, like, are you gonna if, I, if I had made these decisions 
knowing that my character was a dumbass. <laughs> like. You need like a D&D character sheet. I literally, I'm just like. <laughs> wow, if I had known he was going to be like, I'm going to escape at every decision. I'm going to be like, you're a fucking dipshit. Just play the damn game. That's literally. what I'm here for. Let me get my money's worth. Goddamn. <sighs> um. Well, they haven't hurt me yet, so I guess accept their help. You're going to accept the monster's help? Fuck it. All right, let's go to page 51 right after I put a, a choice marker in this book. Page 51, safe space. Yes, help, you cry, still frozen in place. Then you hear Connor's deep, rumbling laughter. You fell for it. You fell for our trick, he taunts. What trick, you asked? The force field. You're trapped in a force field, Connor tells you. Nick and Debbie laugh along with them. Force field, you exclaim. Turn it off. Let me out of here. Sorry, Nick says with a reptile-like hiss. You can't escape from Batwing Hall. That's right, Debbie sneers. The force field doesn't turn off until one minute after midnight. That's one minute after you've turned into a monster, Connor leers. Then the monsters lumber down the stairs, leaving you alone. Trapped in the force field, you glance at your watch. Time is ticking away. You struggle, trying to break through, but you can't budge. You're stuck, stuck until midnight, until it's time. Time for a monster of a change. The end. That's life too. Oh my god. What do you want to go back to? Do you want to go back to Connor's help, or do you want to go back to um, going upstairs or, or looking downstairs? Can't I also go back to choosing what team? Uh, I have that as well, yes, I think, right? I should have that as well. Why, why wouldn't I have that? Main floor, accept the monster's help, you refuse. Why do I not have that one marked? Son of a bitch! What the fuck? I guess I'll just stay downstairs then. Do you want, like, I, I can nah, find the... I'm not worried about You're it. just going with the same team? Yeah. Alright, but you want to do this downstairs one? No, I'm curious what monsters they are, though. Um, we will go over the, uh, the endings, remember? So it'll yeah, be okay. I guess we'll just go downstairs. You want to go downstairs? Okay. Try, uh, stay on the main floor, page 11. Okay. I'm going to search the main floor, you tell the monsters. Lots of luck, Nick sneers. You glance around the dark, creepy mansion. You know escape is going to be tough. You decide you'll do the scavenger hunt. You'll play along with the monsters, but still search for a way out. Either way, you promise yourself, you won't let them turn you into a monster. You search the living room first. A curtain of cobwebs dangles from the ceiling. You have to part them to search the room. Yuck! The only furniture in the room is an old sofa with two overstuffed chairs. You lift the cushion to search for the creepy things on the list. Could there really be a human bone under there, you wonder? You nearly choke from the flying dust. But no bone. Uh, you peer under the furniture. Nothing. Then, Connor sneaks up on you. He kicks the dust ball on your face. The clock is ticking, he booms. You stare up at his one bloodshot eye and, exca and escape into the next room. Oh, shit. Um, it's an old-fashioned dining room. A long wooden table stands in the middle of the room. As you step towards the table, something black and hairy jumps out at you. Hurry to page 97. Yeah, I bet this guy wishes he had been playing board games with his little brother and watching TV with his parents. Yeah, really. Uh, this, that guy being you. You are the main character of this book. Hey, man, I tried to choose that option. You and... tried to do it, and Arl Stein said, nope. 
Okay, it's a huge black rat, and it scurries across your sneaker. You jump back and scream. You can hear the rat's sharp claws scratch across the floorboard as it disappears into the living room. You wonder what other gross creatures are crawling through this old house. You decide to head into the kitchen. Clomp, clomp, clomp. You can hear Nick, Debbie, and Connor following you. If you're afraid of a little rat, Nick hisses in your ear, then you're going to be in big trouble later. Big trouble. All right, that's a little sexual, Nick. Get the fuck out of my ear. <laughs> uh, you try to ignore Nick, even though your knees shake as he, at his warning. <laughs> I don't think it's just his warning they're shaking at, honestly. Um, you spot a kerosene lamp on the kitchen table. You pick it up so you can see into the dark corners of the kitchen better. The kitchen is filled with cupboards, closets, and shelves. Anything could be hidden here. You pull what up all are we looking for again? Like a human bone, some werewolf fur. Um, what else is there? Uh, mummy bandage. Oh, and the straw from a witch's broom. It's gonna be a fun book. It's gonna be a fun book, yeah. Uh, you pull open drawer after drawer, clouds of dust making your eyes itch. Then, in the next drawer you open, you see them. Bandages! But are these mummy bandages? Of fucking course not. You hope they are, shoving several in your pocket, one item off the list, you think, then a hideous scream cuts through the air. Run to page 12. Could it be a human scream? You've never heard a human scream that sound like, or, yeah, that sound like that. You whirl around in the direction of the scream. Debbie! Debbie is the one screaming. No! She shrieks again and hurries over to you. Can't you read? Debbie cries. The warts on her face ooze green goo. That is not what we, what you want. These aren't mummy bandages. Debbie snatches the bandages from your pocket and tosses them onto the floor. Don't waste time, she cries. You step back and try to think. There's no way to escape from the kitchen. Connor's guarding the doors and Nick is by the window. You have to find the item on that list. You gaze around and then head for a tall, narrow closet. <coughs> Excuse me. And freeze in horror. A thick pool of something red and sticky is seeping underneath the door. It looks like blood. Choice time. To open the door, turn to page 83. To go back and check the dining room again, go to page 78. Let's open the fucking door. We're going to open the door. 83 it is. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I forgot to put a marker. Okay. 83 it is. Are you nervous at all now that you have only one life left? At this point, I'm not getting a good ending. I've accepted my fate at sucking at this. Okay. Your heart thuds as you approach the closet door. The pool of blood grows larger on the floor. Slow. You said it looks like blood, sir. You don't... Don't get cocky. Babe, this is you. You know... <laughs> I'm a dipshit. I'll tell my damn self. You can't guarantee <laughs> that shit's blood. It's a closet. Who they might have just spilled some fucking jelly. I'm just picturing... so I Like, my voice narrating this, but it's you doing this, and you're doing everything they say in the book, but your conscience and inner brain is just saying what you're saying. Like, you dipshit. You didn't even know if that is blood or not. Oh my god, it's blood. How the fuck do you know? God, like, Did you fucking lick it? It's a stop. You said might be. Your heart thuds as you approach the closet door. The pool of blood grows larger on the floor. That could be a nice, like, that was a nice rhyme. Uh, R.L. Stein was a little poet and he didn't even know it. Slowly, you pull the door open and gasp. <gasps> There's no dead body in the closet. No dead anything. Only a broken jar. <laughs> a jar of raspberry jam dripping onto the floor. <laughs> 
<laughs> you si- I told you I'm a dumbass. <laughs> you sigh with relief and explore the closet further. The shelves are crammed with rusty cans of vegetables and moldy sacks of, moldy sacks of flour. You quickly search all the shelves but find nothing. Then you spot it, a plastic shoebox on the bottom shelf. You reach- flour can mold? Uh, I don't know, but I think they're sacks can. I don't fucking know. Can flour mold? Leave a leave a comment somewhere on our on our Twitter or whatever. Like, hey, by the way, flour cannot fucking mold, sir. Um. Then tag Arl Stein and he'll be like, "What the fuck? I wrote that book like fourteen years ago." Who the hell are you guys? Twenty twenty four years ago. <laughs> like, it's like Patrick going back home and seeing all the eyes under his rock. Who are you people? <laughs> <laughs> Where was I? Plastic shoebox on the bottom shelf. You reach down and open it. You can't believe your eyes. Nestled in the center of the box on a dark piece of cloth is the skeleton of a human hand. Oh, gross, you moan. You try not to wonder whose hand it was and how it got in this box. You found our skeleton in the closet, Debbie sings out. Okay, fuck you, RL. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're going for. Fuck off. Um, You nod. You're uh, You're glad you found something on the list. But you don't want to touch the hand. Oh, fucking man up. Sack up. Uh, it, it might just be, you know, chocolate since your fucking blood was just jelly. Oh my god, yeah. Can you imagine? You get to the very end, they're like, this hand is made of white chocolate. <laughs> oh I'm no, the doing, bones are melting. I'm just doing what Mr. Stein told me to do. Okay. Uh, you nod. You're glad you found something on the list, but you don't want to touch the hand. You start to carry the box away from the closet, but Nick stops you. The, the list says one bone from a human hand. Not the, I'm pretty sure it just said a human bone, didn't it? I remember a human bone. For some bone. reason, I thought it said three. No, three strands of wolf hair. Ah. One bone from a human hand. Not the whole hand, he reminds you. His reptile tongue darts in and out of his mouth. <laughs> Can you hear that? That's how I picture it doing. You stare down at the hand. One bone. Rattle on over to page 67. <laughs> You only need one bone. We know. You take a deep breath and grab hold of the skeleton hand. The yellowed fingers feel icy cold. You grab the pinky and twist. It comes loose with a sickening snap. You drop it in your pocket and try not to think about it too much. You glance at the list, at the list again. Now all, now all you have to do is find the other three items. Three hairs from a werewolf, a straw from a witch's broom, and a piece of mummy bandage. That's technically five items? Because there are three strands from a werewolf. If you get one, does that not fucking count? The faster, the better, you think. Uh, you dart out of the kitchen and return to the dining room. Psst. Psst. You gaze around nervously. Over here, Debbie whispers from a shadowy corner. Find out what she wants on page six. Don't tell me what to do, book. <laughs> You're not the boss of me. <laughs> Debbie is standing by herself in the corner. You figure Nick and Connor must still be in the kitchen. You approach cautiously. Do you really think this scavenger hunt is for real? She asks, glancing towards the kitchen. Yeah, you said. You guys promised that you'd let me go if I find the islands by midnight. Debbie starts laughing. Holy shit, let me try that again. Debbie starts laughing. A hideous, cackling laugh. Fool! (laughs) All I can picture is like Excalibur from Soul Eater. Fool! She laughs. It's a joke. You're never going to make it out. You don't know whether to believe her or not. What do you mean, you ask? Debbie slithers closer. I'm on your side, she whispers. I used to be a regular kid like you. Then I joined the horror club. Now look what happened to me. 
You stare in amazement at Debbie's hideous monster face. Is she for real? Was she really once a kid just like you? I want to help you, she says. If you follow me, I'll help you escape. If you think Debbie is telling the truth, follow her on page 86. If you think it's best to continue the hunt, turn to page 16. 86. You're going to 86? Yeah. You sound so defeated. Are you okay? Man, there's no right answers in this book. There is right answers. You've gotten pretty far so far after dying twice. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I like Debbie. I'm going to trust Debbie. You're going to trust Debbie? Let's go to 86 then. Have you already been to 86? It sounds like a familiar page. Uh, I don't think so. I don't know why we would have been. <laughs> You're in a force field again, bitch. bitch. Oh my God. Okay. 86. I'm going to trust you, you tell Debbie. Please help me get out of here. A wise choice, Debbie sneers. She glances over her shoulder, then beckons you to follow her. Be quiet, she warns. There's no telling what Nick and Connor will do if they find out. You creep down a long, dark hall behind Debbie. The tarantula squirm wildly through her hair. You're glad Debbie, with her gross purple face, is really a friend. <laughs> Alright, man, that's a backhanded compliment. Wow, you're a great friend, even though you're fucking hideous and it's kind of a bitch and like... <laughs> then you reach the end of the hall, and there stand Nick and Connor. Saliva drips from their mouth as they smack their lips. Then, seven-foot-tall Connor lumbers towards you. His enormous arms reach out, reach for you. You glance back at Debbie for help. She's your friend, right? Turn to page 38. Wrong! Tricked you again, Debbie cries, cackling hideously. I can't believe you fell for it. Now it's time to turn you into a monster. You guys, that's against the rules. Connor's only inches from you now. You search frantically for a way out. You tuck your head into your chest, close your eyes, and race back towards the hallway. Okay, the way that was described, I, all I saw is you balling up into like a sonic formation and then zoom down the hallway. Life dark when speedy quick. <laughs> Life dark when speedy quick. It's, a, it's hard to see. It's hard to see the light. Wait. I don't know what the actual thing is. Isn't it like life's dark when, when you're faster than the speed of light or something like that? I don't know. All I know is my drawing and my interpretation. Okay. Uh, okay. Close your eyes. Close your eyes and race back down the hallway toward Debbie. You, bury, you barrel right into her and knock her to the ground, but uh, Nick and Connor only steps behind you. Come back, Debbie wails at you. You run faster, faster. Down dark hallways, footsteps pound behind you. You have no idea how to get out of this house. And then you see a door. A bright green door. Let's open it on page 43. Well, I don't fucking wanna. <laughs> you, pull, you'll, you pull open the green door. You find yourself back in the living room. This house is like a never-ending maze, you think. You glance behind you. No sign of Debbie, Nick, or Connor. Uh, you check your watch. It is 10.50 p.m. What have you been doing for almost an hour? Just me Thinking that just me raspberry it. jam was blood. It took you like 30 minutes to open the door, and then it took you 40 minutes to look through the living room. And Okay, that, that doesn't add up, I realize. However, uh, you only have a little over an hour before you turn into a monster. You're trying to decide what to do next when you hear a strange noise. Thump, thump, scrape. The noise grows louder and louder. Thump, thump, scrape. Buddy, you're a boy. <laughs> uh, you slowly turn and find yourself staring at a mummy. A six-foot-tall mummy wrapped in old yellow bandages that are starting to unravel. Can you believe it? Its eyeless, mouthless, bandaged face seems to stare back at you. 
A sour smell invades your nostrils. The smell of decay, of rotting flesh, of death. You gag and hold your nose. Then, the mummy turns stiffly and disappears down a hallway. You don't want to follow it, but you need mummy bandages for the scavenger hunt. Man, you still going on about that shit? They're clearly going to do whatever the fuck they want anyways. You have to follow it. You have no choice. No choice, babe. Turn to page... That was 26, right? Yeah, 26. I can't believe there's a real mummy in this house. Really? That's the thing you can't believe. Okay. You think to yourself as you chase him down the hallway after... Down hallway after dark hallway. The mummy turns a corner. You are about to turn two when you hear familiar voices behind a pink door. You peek through the crack in the door and spot Nick, Connor, and Debbie. They seem to be talking about you. Oh, I'm so insecure. The monsters obviously don't... Uh, don't know you are there. Should you stop and listen? Maybe you will hear something that will help you escape. Or is it better to follow the mummy? To eavesdrop, turn to page... Eavesdrop, turn to page uh, 65. To follow the mummy, turn to page 94. Man, I don't know. I'm a nosy bitch. (laughs) Um... This is a hard choice for you to make. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm like, does it really matter if I get... The bandages. It does, like, like, it could matter. Like, you know, you guys did have a deal. (laughs) Apparently. Um, Whatever that fucking means. But then I'm just like, I don't know. I like eavesdropping on conversations. (laughs) Um, Fuck it, follow the mummy. You're going to follow the mummy. Okay. Turn to page 94. Fuck what they say. Words don't hurt. You really hurried trusted up. that bitch. I trusted that bitch and she led me to my doom almost. This is why I have trust issues. Uh, you hurry down the hall after the mummy. There's not much time. You still need three more items for the scavenger hunt. There doesn't seem to be any other way to get out of Batwing Hall. As you continue, the putrid smell grows stronger. Then, at the end of the hall, you see a beautiful gold mummy case. You mean sarcophagus? Bless you. <laughs> he probably did, he probably put mummy case because sarcophagus. Yeah, exactly. Sarcophagus is hard to like spell when you're a kid. And leaning against the wall beside it is the mummy. Why is he on a wall? The mummy's head rests on the case. Strange snorting noises come from under its bandages. Yeah, he's doing crack. <laughs> <laughs> um, with a start, you realize that the noises are snores. The mummy is asleep. You know that a piece of a band a mummy's bandage is a, you know that a piece of a mummy's bandage is on the list. But what's the best way to get one? You spot some torn pieces of bandage inside the mummy case. Should you take a piece from there or should you try to pull a strip off of the sleeping mummy? Either way, you'd better hurry. It's less than an hour until midnight. Okay, again, I can see this going bad either way, but are you wanting to pull take a piece of the bandage, bandage of a bandage from the case or tear a strip from the mummy. Do it from the case. You're doing it from the case. Okay. Turn to page 117. All right. You decide to take a piece of bandage from the mummy case. You tiptoe towards the case. You hold your breath as you pass the sleeping mummy. You know it would be disastrous to wake him. You spot it. What does a mummy What do mummies actually do? Like Real talk, what do they do? Like, what is their, what's their scary trait? Bro, you are is... What do they do? Like, what do mummies do? What makes them scary? Why are we scared of mummies? Because they ain't got no brain. Okay. <laughs> you decide to take a piece of bandage from the mummy case. Oh, wait, I already read all that. Uh, you... 
it'd be disastrous to wake him. You spot a torn piece of yellow ba yellowed bandage caught in a crack in the bottom of the case. You bend over. Your fingers wrap around the fabric, and a bony hand crashes through the bottom of the case and grabs your wrist. Ah! You scream as you try to wrench free, but the hand has an iron grip. It's pulling you, pulling you into the mummy case. You kick wildly. You scream and scream, but it's no use. You're in the mummy case now, and the lid slams shut. Slams shut. Your chest tightens. Chest tightens. Chest tightens. You be <laughs> Sorry, I need to make sure I get that word right. Your chest tightens. You begin to sweat. The little bit of air in the case is hot and stale. <laughs> I'm going to suffocate, you think. I'm going to suffocate in a sarcophagate. I'm... Um, you bang frantically on the list of the case. Help, you cry. Help. But you know there's no way the three monsters are going to save you. You pound on, the, pound on the lid again, and to your surprise, it opens. Turn to page 37. That's what mummies do. <laughs> That's what mummies do. Okay, here we go. As the mummy case lid creaks open, you bolt up. Everything looks different. You're not in the upstairs hall of Batwing Hall anymore. That's for sure. You jump out of the case and stare some more. You are jumping in a long corridor with walls made of stone. It's cold in here, and you shiver as a chill runs down your spine. At the end of the corridor, you spot a door. You begin to walk towards it. When you hear strange voices chanting, Uba chaka, Uba chaka, Uba chaka, Uba chaka. I can't stop <laughs> this feeling. Uh, the words bounce off the stone walls and echo loudly in your ears. And then, through the door, a line of black-haired men in long white robes march in. Their eyes seem to cut right through you as they grow nearer, chanting, chanting, the same spooky verses over and over again. What's going on? You demand. Where am I? Ooba-chaka, But the men don't answer you. They form a circle around you and slowly move in, closer and closer. Quick, go to page 58. Don't tell me how to live my life. Look, I want to go to 57. Uh, your heart pounds wildly as the chanting mints around you. Uba chaka, uba chaka. Halt! Is that uh, really saying uba chaka? No, absolutely not. Oh. That'd be so funny, but no. Okay. Um, halt! A deep, gravelly voice calls out. A tall, white-bearded man dressed in long blue robes has magically appeared behind you. He is holding a clay tray with pots and jars and some creepy instruments you've never seen before. Who are you? You cry. What's happening? I am the wizard, the man says. You are in the palace of Ramalama. <laughs> Ramalama. Oh my god, Ramalama. <laughs> There's a dash in between each Ramalama. Ramalama. <laughs> and, I don't have time for y'all drama, mama. Oh, here's what he says. You are in the palace of Ramalama, an, an unimportant Egyptian king. <laughs> like, this bitch didn't do shit in his life. Um, shit, I lost my place. Uh, he points to the chanting men. These are the king's priests. The legend decrees that anyone who enters these chambers must be turned into a mummy. A mummy? Why the fuck ain't you bitches mummies then? A mummy? You cry. But I came here by accident. No matter, scoffs the wizard. Prepare to be mummified. <laughs> Wait, you plead. You give the wizard your most pathetic look. <laughs> he takes pity on you. 
I will give you one chance to escape, he declares. The wizard sets the tray down. <laughs> I'm gonna turn my back and count to three. If you're not gone by then, you're mummy. <laughs> he reaches into his robe and pulls out two stones. In his right hand is a glowing red stone, and his left hand is a dull gray rock. One stone is an enchanted stone, he explains. It will return you to where you came from. The other stone is an ordinary rock. Pick one. To choose the red one, turn to page uh, 84. If you prefer the gray rock, turn to page 34. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the gray rock might just be a rock. But. <laughs> Unless they just took a rock and spray painted it and they're like, yes, this gray rock is. <laughs> but like, man, I feel like that has to be a trick of like, it's too easy. So like. This is a kid's book, however. Yeah, So but, who really knows? But it's not like a kid's kid's book. It's like a 12-year-old book. And if they're like, hmm, one is a special rock. And we have this shiny red one, and then we have this gray one. One's enchanted, and one's just a rock. Caustic caramel cream, horrific hazelnut. Oh, <laughs> uh, what was the other or one? Or antidote. No, it was one. It was like, um, fucking... I don't know, but yeah, antidote. Hmm. <laughs> Fucking caustic caramel cream, horrific hazelnut, terrible tapioca, or antidote. That's not the right one, but it I had to throw like something malicious in. Malicious marshmallow. Malicious marshmallow, something like that. Any Muta no, mutating marshmallow. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, gray rock or red rock? Ubachaka, ubachaka, ubachaka. My heart says go with the gray one. Your heart says go with the gray rock? Yeah. Okay, we are turning to page 34. I'm holding my breath, because I'm scared. Okay. I'll take the gray rock, you tell the wizard. What a dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we literally showed you a red rock and said this. <laughs> He's holding it out, like, more towards him, <laughs> like, which one do you pick? Which one do you pick? Oh, a degree one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, okay. I'll take the gray rock, you tell the wizard. You figure the growing red stone is too obvious. It must be a trick. That's he, honestly my mood right now. He drops the gray rock in your hand. You close your eyes. Home, you think. Take me home. You click your heels three times. There's no place like home, Toto. Um, uh, you open your eyes. Nothing happens. The wizard lifts an instrument from the tray. It's long and shiny and comes to a razor sharp point at one end. Wait, you cry. Wait. There's no way anyone is going to make a mummy out of me, you decide. Your ours, ours, your eyes died around. Okay, I need to start over. Hold on, we're starting at page one again. <laughs> your eyes... Page one. Page one. Your eyes dart around wildly around the corridor. Dart wildly around the corridor. You spot a small door at the other end. You charge through the circle of priests and barge through the door. Oh, wow. You're standing in a, in a room the size of a football field. Its floors are made of gleaming pink marble. The walls sparkle with real gold, and jeweled lamps hang from the ceiling. A large throne stands at the far end of the room, and on it sits a very old man with a short gray beard and a crown of golden leaves perched on his head. Surrounding him are a dozen bare-chested men gripping spears. Ooh, the old man must be a must be King Rama Lama. <laughs> you you realize? Then you hear the priest pounding footsteps behind you. Uba chaka, uba chaka. Terrified, you cry out to the king, "Help!" Will the king help you? Probably not. Find out on page fifty-two. <laughs> I added the probably not. That wasn't Earl Stein. He gives you a little bit of hope. Before Tra trademark. Trademark. Uh, before the king can speak, one of the priests throws his arms around your throat. 
Come with me, he snarls. Stop, the king orders before the priest can drag you too far. Who are you? I'm just a kid, you try to explain. I don't know how I got here, but I really want to go home. <laughs> Let the intruder go, the king orders the priest. <laughs> then he turns to you. I don't I don't know how to help you return. He Wait, the priest. I don't know how to help you return, he admits, but I like you, and I would be honored if you agree to stay here with me. Wait, maybe? No, that's a king. Fuck it. <laughs> but I like you, and I would be honored if you would agree to stay here with me. You don't know what to do. Should you stay with the king or leave the palace? To accept the king's offer, turn to page 24. If you decide to leave the palace, sprint to page 89. What are we doing? 89. 89? You gotta leave the palace? Alright, let's go to 89. See where this gets us. Probably nowhere. There's no way you're hanging around with some Egyptian king. Thanks for the invitation, you say politely, but I'd like to leave. The king shows you to the door and you step outside into a beautiful garden filled with flowers. Red, purple, orange, flowers of every kind and every hue. The sky shines a brilliant blue and you fill your lungs with the sweet-smelling air. You want to jump for joy. You spot something familiar in the distance, something leaning against a tree. <gasps> a mummy case! It looks like the same mummy case you found in Batwing Hall. Get him! There he is! Someone shouts from behind you. You reel around. It's the king. Uh-oh, you mumble to yourself. Looks like the king changed his mind. His men come charging towards you. You gaze frantically around the garden at the far edge of a thicket of a thicket of tall reeds. You could hide there. Quick! Do something. To hide in the mummy case, go to page 80. To run for the reeds, go to page 99. Mummy case. You got, yeah, I was going to say, mummy case sounds better? Like, why would you not? Especially after they made that entire, like, paragraph. Like, oh, look, it's the mummy case. The mummy case looks similar to the one I saw before. Yeah, really. You. I don't know. I don't know. You dash towards the mummy case. You quickly jump in and slam the lid shut. You stand stiffly in the darkness, scarcely uh, daring to breathe. Waiting. You hear the king's guards coming closer. Did they see you hide? No. Their footsteps thunder past you and you exhale with relief. You wait several minutes wondering if it is okay to climb out. You decide to wait a little bit more and the lid suddenly springs open. You poke your head out in terror but no one's there and the blue sky and flower flowers 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 are gone. You're in a dimly lit hallway and step out and almost knock into a mummy. A sleeping mummy. Oh no! Oh no! You cry out. I'm back in Batwing Hall. Dude, sleeping mummy? Right there. You glance at your watch. Only half an hour left before you turn into a monster. You have to complete the scavenger hunt. You've got to get moving. You you need to grab a piece of the sleeping mummy's bandage. There's no time to waste. Turn to page 39. Man, all that? You didn't get that one bandage? Guess not. 39. Here we go. You hold your breath and approach the sleeping mummy. What will happen if you wake it? You move carefully, inch by inch. You reach your hand out towards the mummy. Snorf! You jump back as the mummy lets out a disgusting snore. <laughs> you pause, then reach out again. This time you manage to grab a small piece of bandage that is dangling from its left arm. I wonder if, like, this would have happened if you did it the first time, or if he would have woken up the first time. What was the option? Don't you have that marked? Uh... Well, you're on your last life, so you don't get to make another decision after the, after this death. Oh. Yeah. So, like the first time, you could get in the mummy. You could grab from the mummy case or well, from I the was, mummy. I was curious what page it would have sent you to. Oh, I don't know. We'll figure it out though. Um. Uh, you reach out again. Name for the quickly. You pull it. 
You pulled, the bandage was free, and the mummy didn't even move. What a sleeper. Oh, that rascal. You have two of the four items on the list, the human bone and the mummy's bandage. Now you only need a straw from a witch's broom and three hairs from a werewolf. But time is ticking. I've searched the downstairs pretty well, you think to yourself, so the other items must be upstairs. You spot a narrow, circular staircase behind the mummy case. Up, up, up. Around and around you go. You're getting really dizzy, and the air is ice cold up here. Your teeth begin to chatter. Suddenly, the staircase ends in the middle of a musty corridor. You turn to your left, or you can turn left or right. Which way will you go? Okay, now this is a bit different. If you are wearing a sweater or a sweatshirt, turn to the right. Otherwise, head to the left. Man. All right, so we're going to the left, I guess. Sixty-eight. The one time. The one time. You turn to the left and jog down the narrow hallway. You listen for the three monsters, but all you hear are your own sneakers slapping against the floorboard as you run. I assume they sound something like this. <laughs> anyway, uh, that hurt actually. The end of the hall is dark, pitch black even. You wish you had a flashlight. You can't even see your own feet. You slow down and place one hand on the wall to guide you. You wonder if you should turn back. Then you feel something, something rough and bristly. Your fingers tighten around it. You squint in the darkness. It's a rope. No, you realize suddenly. It's a rope ladder. Um, the ladder <laughs> runs up the wall. You decide to climb it. You've got nothing to lose, you figure. Um, and there might be a way out at the top. You grab on tightly to the rope and begin to climb. The rope rubs roughly against your hands, making them burn. But you ignore the pain and keep climbing. The ladder sways from side to side with each step. Your stomach lurches, but you continue on. You concentrate on not looking down. Then you hit the final rung. You carefully reach a hand up to the ceiling and feel a sliding door. Open the door on page 131. Okay. You've gotten surprisingly far through this book after your first couple mishaps, you know. Surprisingly far. Uh, you slide open the door and lift yourself up onto a moonlit room, into a moonlit room with a slanted ceiling. Old furniture and trunks of clothes are strewn everywhere. I'm assuming this is where I find the werewolf. The werewolf, you say? Because it has the moon showing. Let's find out. Crouching, you make your way over to a little window. You peer out and sigh. You are three stories up. You must be in the attic, you realize. There's no way you can jump out the window. You can fucking try. You, you'll never make it to the ground alive. You shuffle back across the floor, trying to think of a plan. As you poke around in, in the junk, you spot a tall, clear box at the far end of the attic. There appears to be something black in it, and leaning against it is a broom. Could that be the witch's broom? The one on the scavenger hunt list? You hurry over to investigate. Help me! A shrill voice cries as you reach for the broom. The voice is coming from the box. There's a woman trapped inside. Her face is lined with deep wrinkles. Her long, knotted gray hair flows over the black dress. Wow, you gasp. The woman stares at you. Her green eyes seem to pierce through your flesh. At last, she wails. I've been waiting 200 years for you. Turn to page 107. Do I have an option to not free her? Uh, yes, it's coming up. Cool. What? You cry? I've been imprisoned in this magic box for two centuries, the witch goes, on, witch goes on. All this time I've waited for someone to set me free. Really? You say doubtfully. It sounds a lot like those fairy tales your mom used to read to you when you were five years old. Please help me, the woman pleads. You glance at your watch and then over to the broom. I'd like to help you, you say, but I have to find a straw from a witch's broom really fast. Otherwise, I'll turn into a monster. Well, I'm a witch, the woman tells you, and I have a broom. Help me, and I'll help you. If you're a witch, can't you say a spell to escape, you ask? 
Don't you think I already tried that? The witch spits back. It didn't work. Her gaze travels from the witch to the broom and back to your wit back to your watch. Only fifteen minutes till midnight. What do you do? If you choose to help the witch, go to page ninety-five. If you decide to leave her in the box and grab her broom, go to page forty-four. Forty-four. You're going to page forty-four? And personally, like I, she sounds sincere. There's a reason she's locking that box. Okay. We're going to page forty-four. You make it you make a solid argument. Page forty-four. Hey, listen, I'm really sorry, you tell the witch, but I've got to look out for myself now. I'll try to help you later. Then you grab her broom. How dare you abandon me, the witch shrieks. She starts to mumble a string of weird words. All you can make out is something that sounds like... Now get ready for this. Amakazumi! That's a mood. <laughs> At that instant, the handle of the broom glows bright blue in your hand, and then the broom begins to move. You try to pull away, but you can't. Your hand is stuck to the broom. Hey, you yell, but it's too late. The broom lifts you up higher and higher. You wrap your arms and legs around it and hold on for your life. Then the broom starts to fly. Stop, you yell. You can hear the witch cackling in her box. The, the zoom, you zoom straight to the ceiling, swerve to the left, then head for the little window. Faster, faster, you crash through the glass. The, the icy night air stings your face as you zoom in circles through the sky. You stare down at Batwing Hall. Nick, Debbie, and Connor stand out on the front lawn, pointing up at you. You made it out. Too bad now you'll never make it down to the ground. The end. Oh my. I should have just fucking saved her. You should have saved her. You got so, so far. Like, you got halfway through uh, the scavenger hunt. That's something I've never done before. And then you didn't save the witch. <laughs> I mean, like, she's a witch. I figured my fear is, oh my god, I go after her and she's like, <laughs> now you're in the box. I mean, knowing Earl Stein, that's something that very well could have happened. Um... What do you think about that one? Like, how? What was your take on that? Like the the different things they were throwing at you there. I'm really curious if I had gone with the other team, what would have happened? Um. Well, do you want to check out these endings, and we'll find out. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Uh, if you don't want spoilers, this is a part where you might want to skip through a little bit. But we do go over all the endings of these books. Um. I know personally for me. Getting to them is all the fun, so I don't personally mind spoilers for them, but uh, if you do, please just know. Uh, you can skip through this if you want. Okay, there are 22 bad endings and 7 good endings. And I got 3 of them. You got 3 bad endings. Okay, bad endings. Starting off, the first one, a non-ending. The Swamp Thing eats you, but the book gives you one more chance. If you're brave enough, it tells you to go to page 1. <laughs> Uh, next, accepting a boat ride from the Grim Reaper. When you reach the end, you find a gravestone with your name inscribed on it, which means you are dead. Uh, forced to read thousands of books to a two-headed monster or else he will eat you up. When you are a bat, Marcy ends up capturing you and traps you in a freezer. Uh, as so a Marcy turns into a bat. No, you turn into a bat. How does she turn into a bat? What was that? Read that one more time. When you are a bat, Marcy ends up capturing you and traps you in a freezer. Oh. Next, as a bat, you go to Marcy's house to ask for her help. Her little brother, Daryl, pulls a heavy cabinet over and it lands on you and crushes you. Stuck in the bat house at the zoo with tons of fellow vampire bats. How the fuck do 
you turn into a bat? It legitimately tells you on the back, if you were to pick the blue team, you turn into a bat. You could turn into a furry face vampire bat. Those are the words verbatim. Why don't you pay attention? <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. Uh, the ghost of Professor Krupnik turns you, Marcy, Martin, and Laura into bats. In the graveyard, it's implied that you, Marcy, Martin, and Laura are pulled down into the ground by zombies. Professor Krupnik won't help you and says it's your own fault. He doesn't want you anywhere near Batwing Hall, not just the house. Stuck with your butt sticking out of the crypt and a moaning creature in the crypt is coming to get you. You scream for help but realize that even if the blue team can reach you in time, you'll still be in a highly embarrassing situation. Oh, where? Upon the red team transforming into monsters before your eyes, you still think they're pulling some elaborate prank and pull at Nick's face, mistaking it for a mask. Nick eats you. What? So yeah, we were right to not choose that, like, you know, that one. Okay, find out you are running on monster time, which is faster than normal, and turn into a monster once time's up. Um, you overhear Debbie's quest Debbie question why new members of the horror club mysteriously turned to stone. You realize you can't move, and now you're turned to stone too, so it's really good that you didn't eavesdrop. Like, eavesdrop. Um, uh, I got that one a lot when I was a kid. Or at least once. I had to have gotten it once. There's, I'm pretty sure I read it and then forgot and then went back and, like, did it again. Uh, after you lose the Mud Monsters game, you, or game to Nick, you become a monster as part of the bet. Uh, okay, here's the one you got. You refuse to help the witch escape and grab her broom for the scavenger hunt. She sends it soaring into the air with you on board and you will never be able to get down. Uh, you are apparently killed when you fall several stories down to the basement in an empty elevator shaft and smash into the ground at high speeds. Uh, you run out of time for the scavenger hunt and become a werewolf forever. Uh, you have been sent to ancient Egypt and accept the king's offer to stay with him. Since he is getting old, he wants you. To, he wants to take you to the afterlife with him. The king and priests start preparing you for mummification. So we dodged a bullet there. Escaping from the king's priests, you run into a snake charmer who forces you to train as one for three years under the threat of hostile snakes. So I think you have you narrowly avoided that as well by not going into the reeds. Mm-hmm. After having been sent to ancient Egypt, you get transported back to the house one minute before midnight. You, have, you haven't collected all the items, so you turn into a monster. Okay, maybe there was more for the reeds then. Stuck in a force field until one minute after midnight, which means you will become a monster. We got that one. And last but not least, the last one we did get, ignoring Nick's warnings, you, you to not just go running to the house, you break in and trigger a security alarm. Nick and Debbie have run away and left you to be arrested by the police that have just arrived. Those are all the bad endings. Okay, I want to point out that the cops would not get there that quickly. Uh, in Goosebumps time, they will. Well. You know, in real life, they wouldn't have got there until you were long gone. It would have taken them two and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, okay, now there are seven good endings. There are seven good endings that we are going over now. Uh, first one. You invent a new f ice cream flavor and make a fortune. However, you're still a bat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to do this entire book again, because, like, let me tell you something. W would you still go for the scavenger hunt, or would you go for the bat? I would go for the bat. I wanted to go for him in the first place, but it sounded like you were like, don't do it, and I was like, oh, okay. Okay, so let me be completely honest. We went the bat way last time, when, like, we recorded this the first time. We went the bat way, because, like, you know, that's the way Michael would always do. And I'm biased towards the scavenger hunt, and I've never actually gotten through it. Like, you got through way farther than I ever have. 
And so I really just wanted to see this what all This is my choose my adventure, not you choose my adventure you through subliminal messaging. I, I don't know how to subliminal messages, and you still did it. You got it right. Like, you did You did the do. I died three times. Maybe you still, Badly. Maybe you still got through. I only got two of the things. I mean, you almost got three. It was your fault you didn't trust the witch. I will end you. Marcy, Martin, Laura help you turn back into a human... Uh, when you're asked how it happened, when they ask how it happened, you promise them it will be your scary story the next time the club meets. Uh, you turn back into a human again, but Martin turns into a bat and Laura turns into a frog. You and Marcy decide to keep them as pets for the next year before they change back. All right. So for a year, these kids' parents are like, where's my kid? And you're just hold, like, you're just you're holding sitting, a frog and you're just holding a frog in your pocket. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or a bat is just perched on your on your nightstand like, ah, oh, this is your kid. He's right here. He's all good. Okay. The ghost of Professor Krupnik becomes a member of the horror club and takes the bat transforming curse off of you. Um, you win the Mud Monsters video game, escape Batwing Hall, and go home to play video games with your little brother, although he beats you at Mud Monsters right after. Oh, way. You win the scavenger hunt and find out that you freed Nick, Debbie, and Connor from the monster transforming curse, and now they have no knowledge about it. And then the last one is a non-ending. You open the orange door and plummet into a pit. When you hit the bottom, you are in your bedroom uh, closet the day before the events of the story. It tells you to turn back to page one. And I also, I also remember getting that when I was younger. And that is Trapped in Batwing Hall... Let me ask you again. How what do you think of this one? Like knowing all the endings, knowing what stories you could have possibly had and what they had. What do you think of this one? I think you can get two totally different. I mean, you can get a lot of different stories. It seems like there are more good endings for the bat route for Team uh, Blue. Yeah, so it, it was... seemed like you were pretty much doomed because I didn't hear a good ending when you got all the stuff. Yeah, there was one. Uh, if you got all the scavenger hunt items. Was you it? actually freed the three But kids. they didn't remember it. They don't remember the curse, yeah. Okay. But you freed them, and that's a good ending. I don't know why that didn't register as me. I thought that was just one of those, like, and you stumbled upon this and did this. Not, like, you got everything. You mean I was reading the endings? Oh, I know I know what you're saying. You didn't take it as you got the scavenger hunt items. Yeah, I But, just... yeah, you won, is what it said. Um. Um. I still say this is one of my favorite books so far. Then again... Who knows, as we read more of these, I may get a new favorite. I'm excited for the grandma one. You want to? You want me to save uh, oh, Secret Agent Grandma for oh, you? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, it's in the mail now, so we will be doing that one in the coming months. Stay tuned, guys, because I'm going to fuck shit up as a grandma. Right. I'm, But no, I, I love Trapped in Batwing Hall. I still think it's one of my favorites. I love the Scavenger Hunt one. And I feel like... I think, personally, I would have preferred to go to Bat Route, because I kept kind of wanting to go to the other one, but someone... Okay, you, like, you you totally could have. Okay, but you kept making it... Are you sure? But you know these people. They didn't even want you here. You're the one who said that you knew these people. You said that. No, you said that first. Y- you're going to listen to this in editing. You're going to go back to when you said it. And then you're going to go buy me ice cream because I'm right. But anyway, that's the end of today's episode. Uh, I think we already basically gave our closing thoughts. You really wish you could have done the bat ending. Uh, and I still love this book. So. Sounds there good. There we go. 
Uh, I think that's all we have have to say i think it's all the trivia i have for it but i really hope you guys enjoyed this uh please check out our other episodes and please stay with us for in the future and as always stay creepy and boo bye boo bye